1: This podcast includes violence, graphic details, and conversations about serious mental illness. This is the fifth episode in our series. If you haven't started with Locked Inside, episode one, we recommend you start there first.
2: Okay, I'm rolling.
1: This is never the position I want to be in. Knocking on a door, microphone in hand, a camera rolling behind me. This is three days after that group home murder on April 12, 2021. And after calls and emails and messages on social media all went unanswered, we decided to track down the owners of the group home Tilda Manor. Hi there, Um, I'm with Channel 12. We're hoping to speak with either Samuel or Grace Ashu. Samuel and Grace Ashu. Arizona business records list them to be in charge of all five Tilda Manor locations including the one on Wild Horse Drive in Gilbert, where the killing took place. Surprisingly, Samuel answered. You're Samuel? Um, yeah, are you involved? We're with Channel 12. We were hoping to ask you about Tilda Manor. As soon as Samuel realized why I'm there and saw the news camera, he told me he's not dressed for media. Oh, I'm not dressed for media, can I? Would you speak to us, though, about the recent situation there on Monday?
3: Right now, I can't uh, talk. Uh, okay, I can talk to the our uh, corporate lawyers.
1: Um, we haven't gotten any information. We've left a few messages with you guys, but you haven't responded. At this point, a woman appeared behind him. It looked like Grace's shoe, or at least what Grace looked like on her social media pages, and she shut this down right away. Okay. Sorry, no,
0: ma'am. Well, we
1: we tried the same thing at the group home where the killing happened. Hi there. We're with channel 12. We are hoping to speak to someone. Is there someone here? No, let me give
4: you the person you need to call now,
1: please. Okay. I'm guessing this was a staff member who answered by opening the door just a crack, then she quickly shut it when she went to look for that number. I waited several more minutes at the doorstep and a few more hours outside the home while I finished my story for TV that day. No one ever opened the door again that evening. Alright, well, we'll come back that doorstep may be the closest I'll ever be to inside this group home. The same doorstep where police first looked through the window and saw Stephen Howells lying in a pool of blood, where police would eventually walk suspect Christopher Lambeth out to a police car, accused of killing his housemate with his bare hands. But as I kept digging into what was going on inside this home, I learned that the murder investigation was just the tip of the iceberg.
0: They should be shutting that home down, in my opinion.
2: It's terrifying. I mean, you know, we have kids all up and down this street.
1: This is Episode 5 of Locked Inside, Safe Space.
2: It doesn't seem like a very safe environment.
1: I'm Erica Stapleton, and this time, we uncover clear warning signs that came before Stephen Howells died. It's just an unfortunate situation that we have bad actors in some of these businesses. To start, we're back at the scene of the crime, a place police have come to know very, very well.
2: You think about the wolves kind of being out in the forest. It's a lot different when it comes to your door.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: I was on my computer a few days after we first started reporting on the group home killing, and I saw a message pop up on my Twitter page. Could I speak to you about the Gilbert murder you are investigating? It read, Gilbert, as in the town of Gilbert where Tilda Manor is located. I replied and set up a time to talk with them. It was nice to have someone actually wanting to talk about this versus closing the door in my face.
2: For me, it's, it's about the impact that it has on, not only on me and my family and, and my kids, but all the other kids around here.
1: This is Chris Lineberry. He lives down the road from the Tilda Manor on Wild Horse Drive. He's a school administrator and a dad, which would keep anyone busy. But ever since Stephen Howells was killed inside the group home, he's put on the hat of Concerned Citizen, too.
2: I think the reason that I want to speak out is because I don't want, one, I don't want any family To have to go through what Mr. Howe's family is going through now. Two, I don't want any family to have to go through what we and all of my neighbors are going through now.
1: He knew Tilda Manor was a group home, but once he learned someone was killed inside, he was stunned. He had no idea Christopher Lambeth, someone with a double murder conviction, lived just down the street.
2: Obviously, I'm concerned about the safety and well-being of me, my family, our neighbors, but also the other residents who live in that home. Um, The fact that somebody who was convicted of secondary homicide twice um, of his grandparents was put in a residential area 500 and some feet away from a school is really disturbing to me.
1: This checks out. An elementary school is on the block behind Tilda Manor.
2: And it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I mean, you know, We have kids all up and down this street. And, uh, you know, I think about people who are uh, more vulnerable. And uh, obviously some of the other individuals who live in this home are vulnerable. And what was in place to keep them safe? You know, my issue is not with the residents. It's with the way that this home was run. And the fact that this happened and nobody in the neighborhood knew that there was somebody with that kind of record living there.
1: I could tell from our first conversation that Chris was genuinely concerned for the welfare of people living inside the house. It bothered him that somehow a murder could happen, and it seemed like no one was doing anything about it.
2: You think about the wolves kind of being out in the forest. Um, It's a lot different when it comes to your door. And I feel like in this case, it's come to our door. And um, as a father and uh, a neighbor and a husband, I think it's, it's my... My obligation, my, uh, my duty to do something to try and keep my family safe.
1: Chris started making calls. The state, local leaders. He read Gilbert's town code line by line and found that the home could potentially be violating two rules. One stating that group home signage can't be visible from the street and another stating that the group home shouldn't house any person who could be a direct threat to the health and safety of others. He raised some good points.
2: As I talk with folks, they're all very disturbed by what happened, but there's yet to have been any movement. We're yet to get an explanation of how something like this could occur, nor have we been given any explanation from anyone to assure us of the safety of our children and um, our families in our neighborhood. It's been silence on the part of the state.
1: I first interviewed Chris 10 days after Stephen Howells was killed. And at that point, we hadn't heard any explanation from the state either. We reached out to the state's health department when we first started reporting because Tilda Manor is a state-licensed group home.
2: It's extremely frustrating. Not only is it frustrating, but it's very worrisome. Um, You know, we have a lot of issues, obviously, that we have to deal with in our society. Um, Mental health is obviously a huge issue that we have to deal with in our society. And for something like this to happen that's obviously mentally health-related and have zero response from anyone about it is really disturbing.
1: Other neighbors echoed his frustrations. In the days after the killing, I went door to door to talk with people on the block.  — No one I talked to knew a convicted murderer lived down the street. —
2: Sometimes there's been incidents at that same house, like, quite a bit before. —
3: Well, I'd like to see that if there is anybody that is is a murderer or potential, that it's not in a neighborhood that has children. — The neighbors would really, really like that thing
1: to be shut down, because we don't know who's there, why they're there, and what their paths are. — Days, then weeks passed, and Chris and his neighbors weren't sure what to do next. It seemed like residents were allowed to move back into the home in the hours after police left the crime scene, and everything seemed to be operating like it was before. Chris was still stuck on this. How could things appear to just move on?
2: There's got to be accountability. I mean, in, in a neighborhood with an HOA, you can get yourself into trouble if you don't pull your weeds or take your trash can in early enough.
1: In an effort to exhaust all his options, he wrote down his concerns and prepared to make some remarks at the next town council meeting. I, I tagged along to cover what might happen. It was the first Tuesday in May. This was a pretty packed meeting for town council. Police officers flanked all the doorways. Eventually, I spotted Chris and gave him a wave. He looked cool and collected as he waited his turn to talk during the public comment section. We have nine individuals that wish to speak tonight. At that point, the five town council members, mayor and vice mayor, are not allowed to comment on the matters brought up. They have to sit and listen.
2: Can you hear me okay? Better now? Yeah. All right, so I grabbed my wife's glasses, which are a different um, power than mine. So, um, Madam Mayor, esteemed mayor's uh, members of the council, thank you for the opportunity to share my concerns tonight. I've lived in Arizona since 2007, and before that in North Carolina, I've never spoken at a town council meeting until this evening. Um, I say that to let you know how important this issue is to me. Um, I live just down the street from the group home where a man was bludgeoned, beaten, stomped, and strangled to death.
1: Chris Lineberry continued sharing how how the brutality of the killing impacted him and his neighbors.
2: I have children in my neighborhood who are afraid to go to sleep at night now. And their parents have to try and convince them that they're going to be safe.
1: I watched each of the council members as Chris spoke. It seemed like everyone was listening intently.
2: This shouldn't happen. There's direct violation of Gilbert uh, zoning ordinances, and they should be held accountable and shut down. And the ball is in the court of those who make decisions on these kinds of matters. And um, I believe that would be all of you to a certain extent. So thank you for the opportunity to share my concern.
1: After the meeting concluded, I walked up to Gilbert's mayor, Bridget Peterson. Even if she couldn't talk about this during the council session, I was going to try and see if she'd talk with me. But I was wondering if we could talk to you for just a couple minutes. And it turns out she was just as frustrated as Chris and his neighbors.
0: In this situation especially, we had no idea the person that was living in this home, and we wouldn't be able to get that information in any way.
1: Remember those town rules Chris brought up? The ones that said group homes couldn't display signage out front and shouldn't house anyone that's a danger to themselves or others? We
0: do not license the group homes, so it's very difficult for me to say that I can pull somebody's license when it's not in my control.
1: Mayor Peterson told us her hands were tied, even though it's part of Gilbert's town code. She said it should be the state ensuring the rules are followed, as it's a state-licensed group home. They should be shutting that home down, in my opinion. When I sat down to talk with her more about this a few months after the town council meeting, her position hadn't changed. I would like to see
0: this home closed down. I think that when you have an issue to this extent in a recovery residence like this, that there should be no question that it should shut down. And if the owner would be willing to do that, I would be very pleased with that.
1: The owners, Samuel and Grace Ashu. I honestly don't know much about them. They weren't listed on Tilda Manor's website, which is no longer online. Arizona business records show the pair runs the company Tilda Manor, which has five locations, three in Gilbert and two in the nearby city of Mesa. All were licensed as behavioral health facilities by the state. This point in our story would be a good time to hear from them. Let them weigh in on calls to shut the wild horse drive home down. But we can't do that. In the months that followed Stephen Howell's death, we reached out to Tilda Manor multiple times through email and phone, and no one ever wanted to talk with us. But that didn't stop us from digging further into their background. Here's Mayor Peterson again.
0: We have over 80 group homes in Gilbert, and so my police department unfortunately comes to know some of them very well. This happens to be one of the ones that is in our top 10 of visits from our police department.
1: I asked Gilbert police for their call data from 2017 to September 2021, and sure enough, there it was. Wild Horse Drive had 91 police calls over that period of time, coming in at number eight in the top 10. Another Tilda Manor location in Gilbert ranked even higher, with 110 calls over the four-year period. A different company, with four group home locations in town, took the top two spots. All of that company's locations combined had a total of six hundred and fifty police calls over a four-year period, averaging more than three calls per week.
0: Anytime the PD is spending time at a home like this, a recovery residence, they're not they're not able to be out on the streets for other things that are going on in our community. And so it's always taxing on our resources for them. And I don't like when they know that these homes by heart. They shouldn't have to know these locations like that they do and it's it's just an unfortunate situation that we have bad actors in
1: some of these businesses i pulled the tilda manor records in mesa too to try and compare mesa police turned over their records from 2018 to may 2021 in that two and a half year time mesa police responded to the two tilda manor group homes a combined 176 times
2: Uh, just regular occurrences of ambulance, police cars, fire trucks. So it's a little odd. Um, We haven't been affected personally, but it's a little odd that those types of vehicles are always out there. Um,
1: This neighbor lives down the street from one of the Mesa locations.
2: At the very least, every
1: other week, sometimes multiple times uh, a week. Definitely, I mean, it's not Some of those calls were dismissed, but others turned into investigations. The majority of calls are missing persons cases. In one Mesa case, a man with bipolar disorder who had manic episodes was reported missing four times in one week. One of those times, reports say he didn't return to the home until the next morning. Another example, a woman in her 30s diagnosed with schizophrenia reported missing four times in one year. In one of those instances, Grace Eshoo, the company's owner, told police she didn't report it for an hour because she didn't realize the woman was missing. And another time, A staff member watched the resident walk away, telling police she couldn't leave the other residents to go after her. Another neighbor told us police even asked to search his yard once for a person missing from the group home. Uh, they've They've been
3: around a few times.
1: Other Mesa police records since 2018 show cases of violence. One resident arrested for attacking another, and another case where a resident punched a staff member in the face. Once, a resident was rushed to the hospital after trying to kill himself with a razor given to him by a staff member.
2: I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but, um, you know, it it definitely, I try to mind my business, but at the same time, I am concerned because I want to protect my family.
1: These same types of calls were the ones being reported at the Wild Horse Drive Tilda Manor in Gilbert much to Mayor Peterson's dismay.
0: In this home specifically, it was a mix. There's been attempted suicides, there's been fights, there's been um, mental health issues. So it's been a
1: mix of calls in this location. Gilbert police records show there were two calls for assault at the home less than a month before Stephen Howells was killed. Neither involved Christopher Lambeth, but the first call came in March after a resident allegedly punched a staff member. The very next day, That same resident reportedly assaulted staff again and then assaulted an officer when Gilbert police responded, according to the reports. About two weeks after Stephen Howells was killed, police were called to that home again after a resident went missing. That report said a staff member told police it looked like the resident used a chair to get over the property's fence.
2: It doesn't seem like a very safe environment.
1: Here's Chris Lineberry again, the concerned neighbor from Gilbert who spoke out at town council.
2: It's unacceptable. And the purpose, my understanding of the purpose of homes like this is to treat, is to help people make different and better decisions.
1: Chris is right. These homes are supposed to help people. Not to mention, they're supposed to be providing supervision to residents 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But when you look at case after case involving missing residents, fights, attempts at self-harm, something doesn't add up.
2: That's a sign that there's something bigger happening there. And the residents who live there, obviously, many of them have issues. But they need help with those issues. You know, I understand nobody's perfect. I certainly am not. But to, um, to have a place that's charged with the responsibility they are and have the lack of oversight that they apparently have, is extremely disturbing and something I'd really like to see change.
1: Chris makes another good point. Where is the oversight here? The State Health Department also had to respond to Tilda Manor the day Stephen Howells was killed. And it wasn't the first time they'd been there. One of the very first things we did after the killing was pull what was available of the State Health Department's records for the Tilda Manor on Wild Horse Drive. There were a few issues before Stephen Howells was killed, including one big violation. In December 2020, Tilda Manor was fined $500 for leaving a resident alone. But the state's investigation report after Stephen Howells died found a whole slew of problems, some that apparently were missed for years. About four months after the group home killing, I was out of town celebrating a friend's wedding. And early one morning, my last day out of town, my phone buzzed. It was Chris Lineberry. We'd been keeping in touch pretty regularly, and this time, he had a scoop. Good morning, Erica. I'm not sure if you're aware or not. The findings of the State Department of Health are published, his text read. Chris followed with, the report is damning. And yeah, Chris was right. Damning. Indeed. Tonight, the ITN is digging into newly obtained records. The state found 23 citations in all, from little things to glaring problems. At least six of the nine residents living in the home, including Christopher Lambeth, were flagged to be a danger to themselves or danger to others, which should have been considered before they were placed at Tilda Manor. In all, the investigation found that seven out of nine residents weren't screened properly and shouldn't have been admitted to this home neighbor Chris Lineberry couldn't believe what he was reading.
2: It did result in a danger to our neighborhood. It resulted in a danger to the employees. And it obviously resulted in a danger to the residents because one of them was murdered by another one of the, uh, allegedly, by another one of the residents there. And when you read that report, it's just damning.
1: There's more. The state found some of the residents weren't receiving proper counseling, including Christopher Lambeth whose treatment plan wasn't even up to date. In the months leading up to the alleged murder, Lambeth's behavior started to change. He expressed concerns about moving out amid pressure from his treatment team. He had reportedly become more isolated. He skipped meals, stopped talking to other people in the home, stopped going to hockey. Staff said this was because he was sick and had a physical injury. Notes in Lambeth's file showed he would sometimes have hallucinations linked to dangerous commands and homicidal behavior, that he had signs of anxiety and depression, but there weren't any interventions. Staff said they didn't bother him because they, quote, wanted to respect his wishes by letting him isolate from others. The state found that Tilda Manners' records showed Christopher Lambeth had a decrease in therapy sessions before Stephen Howells was killed and that Lambeth's medical records showed one of his medications ran out and seemingly wasn't replenished for about a month.
2: I think you can judge a society a lot based on how we take care of people who aren't able to take care of themselves or who need extra assistance. And uh, to allow them to stay in business and allow them to continue to be neglectful and um, derelict in their duty, as the report says, is uh, really a travesty.
1: The state found the two employees working the morning of Stephen Howell's death violated group home policy when they left a reportedly dangerous Christopher Lambeth inside the house, unsupervised, with eight other residents. We reported back in episode one that these two employees fled after Lambeth allegedly tried to attack them, and they got locked outside. One was a behavioral health technician whose file said he had a high school diploma and two years of behavioral health experience before Tilda Manor. The other was a behavioral health paraprofessional who had only been working at Tilda Manor since August 2020. This person's file said he was a teacher from 2015 to 2017 and had a college degree in accounting and economics. Nothing in his file showed he had any experience or qualifications to work in behavioral health. In fact, the state's investigation found there were problems with nearly all employee files and after a review of Tilda Manor's rulebook the state found some of the group home's own rules had been out of compliance with the state since 2013. How might it be possible for a violation to be missed during an inspection?
3: That's a great question.
1: This is Colby Bauer with Arizona's Department of Health Services.
3: If it's an annual inspection, our our inspectors are going in there and they're looking generally at things. And so they may not see um, some violation uh, with paperwork, for example, or they may, check, um, they may check, for example, five staff records and not all, You know, maybe the facility has 10 staff members and we, we'll check half of those files. Um, and so we may miss that one staff member doesn't have all the training they're supposed to have. That, that can't happen. So those inspections are really just a spot check.
1: Colby oversees licensing for the state health department, including group homes. Before our interview, he told us he couldn't talk specifics about the murder case at Tilda Manor, But could weigh in generally about licensing. State surveyors are supposed to go out and inspect homes once a year, but that might not always happen, like if a facility is accredited. The only other time the state would show up to inspect a group home could be if there was a complaint. Do you think the state should be doing more or could be doing more to ensure these facilities are safe?
3: Um, We we do. uh, We're out there every year. We're out there for every complaint. There is a limit to how often we can go out. Um, You know, we certainly can't. um, We have to have reason under Arizona law to go into these facilities. And so the way that that we do our inspections is all rooted in Arizona law.
1: Who do you think is responsible for ensuring people are safe in these homes?
3: Well, I mean, by Arizona law, it's the folks that actually run the homes. And, you know, ultimately the licensees are responsible.
1: As for revoking a group home's license... Colby said it's a last resort.
3: These are these people's homes. And so we want to do everything we can to get that facility in compliance so that we don't displace those people out of their homes.
1: There are not a lot of places people with serious mental illnesses can go for help in Arizona. The state hospital and psychiatric units at other hospitals have a limited number of beds. Many people wind up in the prison system, others end up on the streets.
0: I think that group homes have a place in our community, and I think it comes down to them being operated well. And again,
1: we have many in Gilbert that we don't have any issues with. In the wake of the murder investigation, Gilbert Mayor Bridget Peterson changed their town policy, where police will have to report all calls to group homes to the health department, which at this point isn't required by the state.
0: I think from the state level down, if there was a way to notify the Gilbert Police Department, but even... Even if our police department knew, how would they have prevented this? It really comes down to the staff working in that home. Maybe that staff needs to be better educated. Maybe they need to be better trained. Maybe they need to be um, more staff in a home. I, I don't know those answers because I've never been inside of one of these recovery residences. But I think that there's probably something
1: that should have been done along the way. Neighbor Chris Lineberry is still holding out hope that the state will step in and revoke Tilda Manor's license.
2: How did it happen? Like, how was an agency given the freedom to um, house people who they weren't qualified to house? How, how was there that big of a gap or hole in the system that uh, people were able to fall through? And these aren't cracks. I mean, these are these are wide, wide gaps.
1: This whole episode, we've been investigating the disconnect between law enforcement, the town, the state, Tilda Manor, and those charged with watching and treating someone like Christopher Lambeth.
2: And how is it that people were able to fall through those gaps, and as a result, a a man losing his life?
1: The state was able to find so many problems only after Stephen Howells was killed at Tilda Manor. Tilda Manor wouldn't tell us whether those two employees working the morning of the killing were ever reprimanded, or explain why they were operating without following some of the rules. As of now, Christopher Lambeth is the only one charged in this case. Christopher Lambeth, who is under the jurisdiction of a state board criticized for making decisions with insufficient data, living in a state-licensed group home found to have flaws in its function, a group home where broken rules were seemingly allowed to slide for years, despite regular state inspections. And yeah, Christopher Lambeth did have a violent past, convicted of killing his grandparents. But he was also deemed guilty except insane, indicating he didn't know what he was doing when he killed them.
2: And it could have been potentially so much worse. So much worse. And my issue is not with the individuals who live in that home. They need help, obviously. That's why they're there. My issue is with the lack of professionalism, the lack of integrity, the lack of um, oversight. How in the world, putting people in a place where they're not, where where there's nobody that's trained to deal with them, are you doing no harm?
1: Coming up on Locked Inside. Something happened to Christopher Lambeth after he was arrested.
2: The the wheels of justice turn at glacial speed.
1: I, I forgive and I have nothing against Christopher Lambeth. Anyone working with or representing Tilda Manor did not agree to talk with us at this point in our story. At the time of this recording, Christopher Lambeth's current attorney did not respond to our requests for comment. Colby Bauer left his role with Arizona's Department of Health Services in early 2022 according to the state. Someone else took over his job. Locked Inside is written and edited by me, Erica Stapleton. Executive producer is Katie Wilcox. Fact-checking is by 12 News intern Andrew Onadera. Audio mixing is done by Richard Humphreys at Tacoma Media in Silver Spring, Maryland. Locked Inside is produced by the 12 News I-Team and Vault Studios. A special thank you to Will Johnson and Reed Redmond at Vault Studios. If this story resonates with you, or you want to share your experience, you can send us an email at connect at 12news.com. We'll catch you next time on Locked Inside.